Hi, welcome to Faith Uncovered. This is a podcasting series performed by a group of 8th grade students at Grand Haven Christian. We have pastors, missionaries, teachers, and so many others who have experienced God's hand in their lives. So take a seat and join us as we discuss and reveal God's work in our world. Hi, this is Addie Smith on episode one of the podcast, Faith Uncovered. Today we are going to hear from Mrs. Barb DeVries, a preschool teacher at Grand Haven Christian. Listen as she encourages all Christians with her stories and advice on building a relationship with God. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Mrs. DeVries. Thank you so much for coming and participating in this. Um, Can you just start by talking a little bit about yourself? Well... I was your preschool teacher way back when, but then you moved to the other side of the building, and like I never yep. see you except across the way in church. Um, I have been a teacher for over 30 years, and started out at Hudsonville Christian, and then for most of that time at Grand Haven Christian, and that's been... Uh, such a joy. Um, we have four kids that are all grown and out of the house and serving the Lord joyfully in, in lots of different ways. And we have five grandchildren that are very fun. And um, what else would you like to know? Um, so you're a preschool teacher at Grand Haven Christian. How, yep. And you've been one for about 30 years? starting to have children of my preschool students. Wow. That's how old I am. I know. <laughs> yeah, but it is kind of fun to see that next generation coming through and then ones that you had pre- as preschoolers are now the moms and the dads. So. So out of those about 30 years, how have you seen like God's hand as a teacher in the kids that you've had? Oh, it's so fun to, um, well, actually, I even have had kids of, of um, students at Hudsonville Christian. And after you do that initial, um, you know, who are you and stuff, it's just fun to like, you were my first grade teacher. But it's just, I always think of Psalm 145. It's one of my favorites. Um, it, it, it says, Great is the Lord, most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. And then let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. I just feel like that's such a, a cool privilege to be able to see the generations, um, you know, come, coming through and just staying firm in their faith and and reaping those fruits of, um, you know, having godly parents, being able to attend a Christian school, and and then having it all reaffirmed by their church classes and experiences. Yeah, that's really cool. So yes. yeah, so you have four kids, and I know one of them is working in Spain as a missionary. Yeah. Can you tell a little bit about what she's doing there, her job there? Sure. She lives in Malaga. We haven't seen her for almost two years because of COVID. They are currently on the tightest lockdown 
possible with an eight o'clock curfew. They can only gather with four people maximum. But um, her current role in Malaga is to work with three other people in running a refugee center. It's called Diaz 42, based on Matthew 42, and they serve a population that is unknown to most of us here in West Michigan. These people have come across the ocean on rubber rafts with nothing. Um, they've suffered so much. We've taken that ride across the Straits of Gibraltar in a, a good-sized ferry, and I just cannot imagine crossing it in a rubber raft with 20 people in it. But then they arrive on the shores of Malaga, and they don't have food, they don't have shelter, and so DS-42 was set up as a, as a place of connection. And even though they can't witness to them, um, they are a witness by the way that they act, by giving them um, the things that they need. They have tracks available so people can pick it up. And then when it's not COVID, they offer classes, sewing co-ops or jewelry making or how to set up a small business or they'll do English studies or Arabic studies or Spanish studies. And that's really her very favorite part because in those kinds of classes is when you can start establishing relationships enough to that the people trust you and you can invite them to your home or get invited to their home, which is usually a teeny tiny apartment, yeah. which is usually a teeny tiny apartment. Yeah. So she's getting refugees ready for after they come back from yeah some of them have been stuck there the whole time um they're just trying to help establish a good life for them um whether that means a small business or just keeping them fed while they look for work or wherever they leave but of course we're hoping that it leads to storytelling and um, people do ask her and then she's free to tell them. But in turn, sometimes she's called an imbecile or, um, you know, some pretty threatening things. But um, she is compelled. So, Definitely a calling. It's a nice place to visit, but I wouldn't care to live there. Yeah. But I'm glad she does. Yeah, so she obviously does really great work there as a missionary. But It is a good work. When... She, when you first found out that she wanted to do that and part, participate in that, how did you feel or how did that impact you? Well, she went to Moody Bible Institute, so we knew that she had missions in, in the back of her mind, and it was actually through a youth group trip at Covenant Life to Tijuana, Mexico, where she felt God's call to missions, but we had no idea what shape or form that would take. And when she finally said after graduating from Moody and raising money for a year that she wanted to go to Kazakhstan, our first reaction was like, you know, there's lots of people here, right here in the Tri-Cities that don't know Jesus, right? Maybe you should just stay here <laughs> and gave her all these percentages about how, how many people don't go to church. And she just said, well, mom and dad, that's why you're here and I'm going. Yeah. So, so really we knew thing. it was a call on her life. That's really 
cool to have a daughter that brave and stuff. It, it has pictures <laughs> of bravery, and um, she does it with a with a light heart, and she always she's just very joyful when we talk to her. She's a little lonely right now yeah. in the lockdown, but yeah. Okay, so now about COVID, obviously these are untime times of uncertainty. How has that impacted you as a person and part of as a family and also how has that impacted your relationship with God? You know, if if I had to like kind of sum it up in one word, it would be trust. I know we used that word at Grand Haven Christian mm-hmm. last year and not having any idea what was ahead of us. Um, you know, I go to exercise four times a week, but there's also a trust muscle in your soul that um, has gotten lots of stretching in this past year. Um, and, you know, as, as we've learned that the best way to, to keep on trusting is just to remember, remember God's faithfulness. Think back on markers in your life um, where he has just it's like such a God moment you just know that he is there with you and that he promises to always be there so I've seen some good things come out of it and there's been just some really hard things like not being able to catch a land home for two years all right and about being God being there how have you you, is there have there been any moments in your life where you're just like wow that was totally God that was such a God moment? Yeah, the one that comes to mind is um, when I was diagnosed with melanoma. It's about eleven years now. It was the very same month that I found out I was going to be a grandma for the first time, <laughs> and so um, the the. Um, oncologist was actually very grim and it was a, it's a very specialized kind of weird kind of melanoma it was very deep and she she just was very grim um, later she told us she never thought she would see us back for the one-year visit but I had a choice after she removed the melanoma from my shoulder to either do a interferon kind of drug that would wipe you out for a whole year or I could do a series of shots that I would give myself for three years and they didn't really know what the impact would be but I thought I could you know try to keep on teaching and and see how it went so that's what I did but the night that I'm thinking of was after the surgery and it was time to go home it was late it was in January excuse me and First, you know, I tried to get up, and I was like, oh, it's just lightheaded, so they wouldn't let me leave. They made me sit back down, and there was a young man out in the hallway with a wheelchair, and I thought, I felt so bad for making him wait. And so I anyway, tried again in a few minutes, and um, he wheeled us down, and um, I went to get the car. But he was, he was just so kind, this young man, and he was so patient, you know, it took a while to get down there and then to go get the car. And, and as um, 
he left as he was getting ready to leave and I was getting ready to get in the car. I just thanked him for being patient and for sticking with me till you know he got the car and everything. And he said, of course, of course. And I said, what's your name? And truly, I turned around and looked and his name tag said, Emmanuel, God with us. Mm-hmm. And all I could say was like, of, of course, it, of course it is, you know, Emmanuel. And that was just, um, we had to fill out questionnaires and stuff about who was helpful and was this nurse or that nurse and nowhere was his name listed. It was just like, God was with us right till the very end of that very long day. Yeah, it's amazing how God just places people, the right people at the right moment. Absolutely. Bliss, and God just lifted you up out of that pit. You know, I think back to when I was your age. Back then we called it junior high. (laughs) But I was contemplating making profession of faith because... Mm -hmm. um, a lot of my friends were doing it. Friends that I studied the Bible with, that I went to school with, that I sang and choir with, and um, they were doing it. But I had one thing that was just holding me back, and I would think about things like in World War Two, you know, in the Nazi camps, and I would just like, how, you know, why would God let that happen? And yeah, you know, just how could that be? Even though I knew there was a God, I guess it was more of a um, not not realizing his full character. And then at Calvin College, one Sunday afternoon, um, Corey Ten Boom, do you know who she is? No. She and her sister were in a Nazi concentration camp. She's gone on to write books, and she's no longer living now. But the hiding place, um, their family would hide Jews during all of that time, but eventually they all were in a concentration camp. Horrific, horrific, um, you know, place to be. And she gave a testimony about how, you know, God was with her the entire time. And that was just kind of what I needed to hear. You know, I thought if this precious woman can give a testimony of God's faithfulness with all of the horrific things that she and her family have been through, then I'm ready to do it too. Mm -hmm. So that was just a real God placement of her in my life. And in fact, I actually went down and got to talk to her and um, got a big old hug from her at the (laughs) end of the talk. So look her up. Okay. You would enjoy reading her, her story. Okay. Maybe I will. Um, and then, so, to end our time, do you want to share some advice for the people that will be listening to this? Advice about? Um, about how we can build our relationship with God, or how we can strengthen our faith, or like, when we are spending time with God, how should we be spending that time? You know, one of the things you probably don't remember, but I hope the seed is still there. Back in preschool, one of my favorite things to teach is the I am's of God. And every time we learned a new letter, we would learn something about God's character. Um, so, you know, we 
we would spend some time with it every week. Like he's Christ the Lord, he's the creator for letter C, he's our savior, he is our healer, our joy giver, he's our keeper. You know, he's a mystery. Some things we just have to kind of be willing to live in the I don't know. But because he's good, we know we can do that. He's a promise keeper. He's the, you know, quieter of storms. And I love teaching those every year for myself mm-hmm. as much as for the kids. And I have had um, some preschoolers say, you know, that just really stuck with me, that whole thing about him being our keeper or being our goal or, you know, how I used to say at night when you can't go to sleep, just try to go through the whole alphabet, even if you don't think of the characteristic that we talked about, try to think of one. Because the more that God reveals his character to you and his goodness, you know, the easier it is to just notice him and abide in him every day. It's a different world that you guys are growing up in than we grew up in. Just just to dwell on those truths of, of who he is. It's just good to know that he always stays the same. He's always there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so glad you thought to to ask. Yeah. Good luck with all the techie part of it. (laughs) Thank you. Not my gift at all. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast Faith Uncovered. I hope you enjoyed the episode and hearing Mrs. DeVries share hope, joy, and love for all Christians. Stay tuned for episode two. Thanks for listening.